Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, my friends. Simon Miller here with another episode of Ups and Downs for AEW Rampage. And the way I will summarize it this week is by telling you... If you want wrestling to feel real and maybe like it is legitimate, you need to watch this episode. But my name is Simon Miller. Welcome to What Culture Wrestling. And yes, it is time to review AEW Rampage. That's all ups and downs is, but it has a fancy name. So was it good or did it suck? Only this guy knows. I've gone backwards, come back to a standing position. Let's go. to take us on a quick tangent before we do get into this week's episode of AEW Rampage because there was a sign that was basically front and center that said Simon don't just give this an up which I didn't even realize was a catchphrase but it is what I say before we get to the golden up so as always I put my hands together and I just say thank you you have no idea how much this pleases me and it also means that I will give you an up on the up counter and as I said on Smackdown ups and downs there are a group of people that are like Simon you should be doing a counter for the signs no you are in control in the show if you want to affect the counters you can you just bring a sign because that's how shallow I am. Our first match on AEW Rampage this week too was Brian Danielson versus Anthony Bowens. And I just started to do a dance because I was like, what an incredible world we live in. This has been made on Tony Card on social media because of course he keeps falling out with the acclaimed. And I am still baffled by this certain corner of the internet that is like people like CM Punk and Brian Danielson should only be fighting the top tier guys. Are you kidding me? I want them to fight everybody because you get nuggets of joy like this. Max Caster was also dropping lines of fire when he was doing the acclaimed entrance, especially when he said that Brian Danielson's father-in-law was ending wrestlers' careers faster than the acclaimed. Because, of course, his father-in-law is Jorin Laurinaitis, who has just fired a bunch of people from WWE. That made me spin around a little bit. I couldn't believe he said it. It set the scene, though, and early on, Bowens was actually going toe-to-toe with Danielson, and it made me audibly go out loud because I'm a massive nerd. Well, this guy rocks, and once again, that's why these matches are so damn important. Brian then started to lay in his strikes, and you either laugh or cry, depending on your day, because these things are so vicious. I like to get this Care Bear and just rub it into my face because why the hell not? And when Danielson went for his submissions, the pure fear on Anthony Bowen's face. So we have absolutely got that side of his game over. Anthony got one up on Brian when he dropped him face first onto the apron. And because this kind of distracted the referee a bit, then Max Caster, who was on the outside, rocked Brian Danielson with a clothesline. So you are like those damned acclaimed, I can't believe what they're doing. 
But wouldn't you do this if you were booked to fight Brian Danielson? The man is probably the best wrestler in the world right now. You've got to do whatever you can. It didn't really work as Brian was soon back with these kicks. And I was like, because they just looked so painful. It was kind of like something I shouldn't be seeing. And that was doubly true when Danielson backdropped Bowens over the top rope onto Max Caster. And then he climbed up the ropes and he cross-bodied onto both of them. This man was retired a few years ago, and now he's doing flubbing this. You knew this was building to a crescendo too because it was a babyface and their big comeback, and this time, and the first time in a while, Brian Danielson didn't use a new move to win the match, and he went to the bell lock. Anthony Bowens had to tap out straight away. This one gets a couple of thumbs up. AEW then decided to plug any potential holes there could be in a story. Because we went to the back and we saw Andrade and MGF and FTR. And basically, once again, Andrade was paying off Maxwell because back on Dynamite, FTR had helped him out. They didn't even need to do this, but I always appreciate it when they do. It just means you leave no stone unturned. And given what did happen in that Cody match, on Dynamite, we are going to get Dax Harwood versus Pac. And as ever, I didn't know I needed that in my life, but now I damn well do. We then had a skit, Win the Night, and I will just give you a few words to sum this up. You need to go and watch this. Because Eddie Kingston was confronting CM Punk, and this was so well done, I am going to bring back my question board that asked the big question, does Eddie Kingston know that wrestling is a work? We put in the numbers, we put the details, blah, 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 and we wait for the answer. And of course it is no. My word, this man is tremendous, and so is flipping CM Punk. And that's what made this so good. I mean, it started with some jogging comedy, and I'm not joking, but as soon as it was time to get super duper serious, my word, they hit another level. Eddie didn't come out of first, so Punk started laying in these jabs. When he finally did arrive, you had this amazing visual where you had Punk in one corner and you had Eddie Kingston in the other. But as they started to get more aggressive and more wound up, they started sort of to come together. So this was like a really angry play. And he also said the reason he wasn't at Dynamite is because he was sick and he was getting COVID tests because he wanted to protect the fans. So while he will apologize to each and every one of them, when it comes to CM Punk, he ain't getting nothing. And this also tied into the fact about things that had happened way back when on the indie scene. Because Eddie was telling us how he used to look up to certain talent like CM Punk, like the Amazing Red, like Homicide, and like Samoa Joe. And while he would get respect from some of them, CM Punk looked down on him, CM Punk wouldn't give him the time of day, and CM Punk judged it. Now, I have no idea if this was true or not, but the way it played out, you would have thought it was. I mean, I actually thought that Eddie Kingston was going to cry, and CM Punk had a retort to this too, because he was like, look, it wasn't just me judging you, it was all of us, because we could see your potential, and you were just flushing it down the drain. He then followed this up by calling Eddie Kingston a bum, and I was like, oh my gosh, he called him a bum, before Eddie Kingston then said, okay, fine, you think I'm a bum, so why don't we have a fight of full gear? And then CM Punk was all like, wait, I do want to have a match with you, but I was thinking something like Dark or Elevation, because that is more your level. Kingston then hit another level as he just started to go, fight me, fight me, fight me over again. And seriously, if you enjoy realism in your pro wrestling, why aren't you checking this out right now? I mean, wait till the end of this, but then go watch it. The crowd was going nuts for both guys, and we'll get into that a little bit more in a second. And just as Punk was about to leave after accepting the challenge, Eddie Kingston went good. And when I do beat you up, why don't you just leave for seven years again because nobody wants you here? And then as quick as a hiccup, Punk went boom 
and he headbutted him right in the skull. This triggered an absolute fabulous brawl that had about 72,852 people out there trying to break it up. And like I say, the best thing about all of this is that there were supporters for Punk, but there were detractors for Punk. And there were supporters for Kingston, but there were detractors for Kingston as well. There was no good guys or bad guys here. It was just people letting their feelings be known. And I couldn't have bought in emotionally anymore. I don't mean to keep going on about it, but this was just realism right up your ass. And from one segment, I now think this is my most anticipated match at the pay-per-view. So that is two professionals absolutely smashing it out of the park to the point it doesn't just get it up, it gets a golden up. I ruined my whole spiel by playing the fake trumpet. Had a quick segment with Christian Cage and the Jurassic Express after this when they challenged the Young Bucks and Adam Cole to a match at full gear, so that will rock. And make sure you go and watch this too so you can see Christian's bicep veins as well as Luchasaurus's. And then we were right into the TBS tournament. And it was the Bunny versus Red Velvet. And given that Rampage is only 60 minutes, you could tell we were trying to squeeze this in as best as we could. But I actually thought they had a fine, fine match for the little time they did have. I think what I like most about this is that if you've been watching AEW for a long time and you've been watching AEW Dark and you've been watching AEW Elevation, you have seen the bunny and you have seen Red Velvet get better each and every single week. And that doesn't mean they had the match of the year here, but as a wrestler myself, it is so good to see people evolve really allows me to like it more. And I get that not everybody is going to watch wrestling in that sense, and nor should you, but when you start seeing people add to their game, it just makes me feel warm and fuzzy in my dum-dum. Velvet was all fired up beforehand, so she just attacked the bunny as soon as the match started. But then later on, the rabbit took Red Velvet's head and just kicked it into the steel steps. And imagine you didn't get your hand up to protect yourself you would actually lose your teeth and you'd have to call Britt Baker. Jade Cargill was watching for ringside and do not forget that if she wins this tournament, she is going to name the title That Bitch Show, which is gonna make me laugh until the day I die. And then back in the ring, we were going for near falls. I think Red Velvet got one after a stunner and the bunny got one after the DVD. They were just playing a lovely bit of wrestling tennis, which I can always get behind. I was also kind of torn about which way it was gonna go. Cause I was like, well, you could do the bunny or you could do Red Velvet. But as it turned out, we kept it nice and simple. Cause Red was able to counter one move into her net breaker and she got the one, two, three. That's when I was making my notes and I said, yes, this does make sense because why you don't always need good guys and bad guys, Jade Cargill versus Red Velvet is very much good guy versus bad guy. So it works for the tournament. The tournament so far, I think has been very good. Yes. It was right into our main event next, which was Budge, <clears throat> sorry, Adam Cole versus John Silver and somebody was firing the fun gun. Mark Henry was doing his usual pre-match interview and honestly, John Silver with some of his quips was an absolute joy. And then we got into the match itself and I am just giving it a round of applause. And the best thing about John Silver is he's not a very tall guy. And usually in wrestling, that means you're gonna be all flippy floppy and flying all over the place, but he's not. Instead, he's just like a runaway tank and he will absolutely destroy you. It is a really pleasant change. When he gets going, he just runs through falls too. And the way he bounces himself around, he's like a human trampoline. He also hit a press slam, so we established that he's a very strong dude. And if these two guys hadn't spilled out of the ring, he probably would have done a lot better. Very sadly, they did. And Adam Cole slammed him into the apron. And I did my research. That's the hardest part of the ring. This is when Adam Cole got back in control and he applied a camel cut so the young bucks who were at ringside could do the kiss spot. And once again, for the second time in the night, these two guys had thought about it and gone, you know what we should do? <laughs> Wrestling tennis. 
Although to mix things up, let's call it wrestling ping pong. Because Adam went for a hurricane rana, so Silver turned it into a power bomb, and then they decided, well, why don't we just punch each other in the face? This then moved into kicks when John Silver went for a superplex, but Adam Cole instead hit it one of his own, including that thing where he dropped somebody on his knee. I mean, that really does look like it sucks. So these guys are just great, and we did build to a moment that I didn't actually think we were gonna see, where John Silver basically won. Because he hit a German suplex, and he covered Budge, and the referee went one, and the referee went two, and just as he was about to hit three, that damn Matt Jackson grabbed Adam Cole's foot, and he put it on the rope. So if you want to say that John Silver won, you're absolutely allowed to say that John Silver won. And because the Young Bucks had started casting shenanigans, this is when the Dark Order came out for obvious reasons. Sadly though, this did cause a distraction, but it was one of those distractions where you just go ding, 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 and you fly all over the place. Because Adam Cole was gonna go for a low blow, but John Silver felt it coming, I suppose. So instead, he hit Adam Cole right in the testicles. And then once again, I thought Silver had won when he hit this massive Liger bomb but somehow Adam was able to kick out. So this was tricking me even more than a magician, even more so when Adam Cole was gonna go for the Panama Sunrise, but he wasn't able to hit that. But very sadly for John Silver, I think he got a little bit too carried away because he came charging out the corner, he got super kicked right in the face, then he got hit with the boom or the running knee to the back of the head, and he did indeed lose. I was just a little bit sad. So this was an absolutely terrific main event. And of course, we then zoomed off air because AEW Rampage is only a 60 minute show, but that's absolutely a positive. It's like when NXT used to be a 60 minute show, you'd watch it and go, well, there was no bad in any of that because there wasn't time. So of course I'm taking my finger of power and I'm giving it up. Which is the same for AEW Rampage overall. They just don't put a foot wrong. Up. Now, please do leave a comment below and let us know what you thought about last night's AEW Rampage. Like the video, share the video, and subscribe. And you know the rest. Head over to What Culture. Make sure you follow us on social media and watch more videos, including SmackDown ups and downs from earlier. My name is Simon from What Culture. You have a great day. See you soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.